Entrepreneurs can get stuck in their head. If you dream of changing the world, but you're not sure where to start, the Ad Valued Entrepreneurs podcast will help you transform your life and business. This podcast is for entrepreneurs who want more freedom and fulfillment from their work so they can live the life that they desire. You deserve it, and it is possible. It's time for you to add value. This episode is brought to you by Perfect Publishing. Perfect Publishing is a different approach to publishing a book. Perfect Publishing is sharing a project of hope. We carefully chose heroes of hope who exemplify living a life they created through faith, hope, patience, and persistence. No matter what page you open to in this mini cube of hope, you will find a leader with a big heart. You see you are not alone. The authors may share similar challenges that only hope and action could resolve. Get your free ebook at getadoseofhope.com. Get a dose of hope.com. Today's guest is Alex Berman. Alex is the founder of X27, Taplio, and Lead Shark. Berman is a master at lead generation and author of the Cold Email Manifesto, now available on Amazon. He also creates weekly videos to help agency owners grow their businesses and bring in more revenue by teaching them how to optimize B2B sales cycles and put in mar- inbound marketing strategies in place. Alex Berman and Robert discuss online marketing and how the agency model is broken. He is seeking to automate and outsource marketing. We talk about hiring professionals in other countries to do the work and how he and others are training and preparing an online workforce. He loves travel and building business collaborations around the world. Well, Alex, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm excited to uh, have a conversation. Of course. Thanks for having me, Robert. Absolutely. So I typically let each guest just share their own entrepreneurial journey and and what's got them to to where they are today and and of course I'm excited to tell people where you are today so hope that comes up awesome yeah let's go for it so what uh what made you leap into the world of entrepreneurship what made me leap into the world of entrepreneurship so um my parents were entrepreneurs uh my dad and mom ran this business in the uh, late 80s, early 90s that sold medical supplies. And basically, they, they hit this gold mine when the AIDS epidemic started. And all the doctors in the world, uh, they, they went from not needing gloves to mandatorily uh, needing gloves. So there was a major glove shortage. And my dad went down to, um, to Mexico uh, to search factories for like anyone that could make gloves, found a balloon factory to make these latex gloves. And then basically was one of the only businesses in the world for a solid, it, it was like two years and he would, uh, that had latex gloves. So he was out there cold calling. And so I saw the power of outreach. I saw um, all of that. And basically uh, short answer is I never saw any other path but entrepreneurship. I didn't even really know what people did in offices until, uh, <laughs> until I saw like the movie Office Space or whatever. Like, I don't know, bro. Um, <laughs> this, this is all I've ever known. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure office space was the best example of (laughs) (laughs) office environment, but that's awesome. So what is it that you're what is it that you're currently doing? Right now, our main business is called Taplio, and it's a LinkedIn AI tool. We just launched it about 30 days ago, um, and we're at uh, just under 14,000 in monthly recurring revenue, 500 plus users. Um, so the the ride has been wild really quick. The entire purpose of the app 
is to allow people to write a month of LinkedIn content in only 10 minutes. So it uses AI, it uses uh, a database of top LinkedIn posts, you put in your niche, and then it will just help you write these posts automatically. Wow. Yeah. And you also I'm do trying to, have been obviously doing marketing, uh, your cold email, is it, uh, oh, my brain went to cold email manifesto, but that's not, <laughs> what's the title that of your book? That's our new book, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And so, uh, yeah, so we've been we've been teaching cold email forever. Um, so I run the cold email hub, which is our YouTube channel, 80,000 ish subscribers on there. Uh, our agency, uh, X27 has over six, uh, over seven figures in revenue. Um, our um, my other agency, Inspire Beats, uh, was at 1.7 million in revenue. Uh, so I've been selling I've been selling leads for um, for a while uh, at, at this level, um, mid mid level, I would say, you know. Haven't been able to break that 10 million a year barrier. Not yet, but soon. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, so what made you decide to get into uh, app development and, and a tool like Taplio? We were running the agency and there's, there's a big flaw with, with the agency model. And that flaw is, especially if you're running a marketing agency, it doesn't matter a lot of times if you do every single thing, right. You know, you onboard the client correctly, you get the contract, et cetera. Um, even if you do every single thing right, either the client is going to churn after six months or you're just going to fail at the project. So what we found is we were closing a ton of deals, consistently closing these deals. And we just found like, even if most of our clients were doing good, one of them would have like a bad hire in there or something would go wrong. Um, so I knew the agency model was fundamentally broken. And so I was looking for software or some other way to automate it. And so, um, Taplio is just a, a software that, that does this for us, right? Like now, instead of hiring a social media agency, you just plug into a social media robot and then it, it is your agency. And instead of paying 2000 a month, now you're paying $39 a month. So you're much less likely to refund. You're much less likely to churn and your happiness level is, is off the charts. So that's, that's one of the main drivers for, for SAS uh, for me. And it's, it's one reason why I don't think I would ever start another agency. Wow. I mean, that's a big statement considering <laughs> that agencies have been, you know, your lifestyle up to this point. Yeah. And we still run X27. We still have clients. They're, you know, they're happy. Um, we've gotten better at filtering clients and we've gotten better at, um, I, w- I want to say we got better at delivering for clients, but that's not true because our process is the same for every single client. The only real difference when it comes to um, B2B marketing is the offer and the brand going in. So what we've actually gotten better at, yes, our delivery is is way better than it used to be, but what we've actually gotten better at is saying no to clients uh, that aren't good fits and doing small test projects. And then again, saying no after the test failed. Because what we used to do is like, we would want the money. So even if the test failed, we'd be like, all right, give us another three months and let's figure it out. So instead of doing that, now we're like, oh, you failed, bro. Go, go somewhere else. We don't want to be attached to this. Nice. And uh, well, we're very, yeah. And well, we're I, I like that you uh, recognize that, that you're better at choosing clients. That, that's really figuring out your niche, right? Figuring out who is who is the client that is the best fit for our model, for what we're providing. And then they're happier, you're happier. And of course, they get better results. It's um, It's all it comes down to because the process can be the exact same. So I, I run multiple SaaSes. We have Taplio and then we have LeadShark, which is a lead generation database. And recently, last two weeks, we've been doing cold email promotions for each one. So I made um, 
what did I, I wrote um, 50 cold email campaigns for LeadShark, 50 cold email campaigns for Taplio, right? Very similar emails, uh, 200 leads for each one of those 50. We sent 10,000 cold emails one week, 10,000 cold emails the next week. The LeadShark emails did okay. The Taplio emails booked a meeting within minutes and started blowing up, right? Same uh, process, same type of email. It's just a different offer. Uh, so so it, it, a lot of the times it's not the process that's failing. It's just sometimes nobody wants what you're selling. All right. So I'm going to push back a little here because you talked about <laughs> the cold email, the cold email system being uh, worth it for high ticket offers versus the lower ticket offers. But it sounds like you were using it for a lower ticket offer. No. So uh, cold email works best when the offer is over $2,000. So what we do with our, um, when we do cold email for our SaaSes is we sell those high ticket offers. So for Taplio, everyone that we're reaching out to, um, they're actually CEOs at companies that are over 200 employees. Because the goal is with Taplio, um, all, all CEOs want more brand mentions. They want their team to be writing on LinkedIn, but they don't want their team to spend time writing on LinkedIn, right? Like you want your chief operating officer <laughs> to have a personal brand, but you don't want them to spend three hours a day writing about that. You want them doing operations for your business. So there's a major need uh, in the enterprise for, you know, multiple seats. Even uh, one of the guys that just booked a meeting was an 18,000 person company. So let's get him 3000 seats or even 10,000 seats uh, inside of Taplio. So that's, that's the way we do it. Same for lead shark, you know, base lead shark package is $9 a month. But when we sell on cold email, we're selling uh, fifteen hundred a month, three thousand a month at forty five hundred plus. You know, um, so it does work. I just wouldn't sell a base nine dollar a month. I would have to change the the package. Now I understand, or I'm I'm starting to understand. So <laughs> just to, just to give you a little perspective, I'm I'm you know, a small business coach, entrepreneur coach, working you know small business, but struggled with marketing and pretty much have hated marketing, and and of course I'm learning and growing and understanding that whether I hate it or not, I've got to use it <laughs> and, and trying to grow my brand. And, and, you know, I came into your name because of Dennis and your relationship with Dennis, you and Dennis has been on the show. And, and, and I, I guess what I appreciate about what Dennis is creating is, is obviously he's creating jobs. He's creating opportunities. He's creating, uh, a done for you model that can, you know, digital marketing agency for, for, you know, people overseas, people that are willing to, to invest in themselves. And, and then he's creating clients for that model. And so I think, um, and, and, and I think he's teaching just enough digital marketing for, for people like me that are solopreneurs that, I can figure it out just enough to get myself to a place where I can hire somebody, which I think is what you talked about being the agency's fallacy, right? Is people want to hire you for that period of time. And then all of a sudden they can either hire their own or, you know, hire somebody else. And so um, I think for entrepreneurs, you know, they either love marketing, right? They either love social media or they can't stand it. And yet they need to bridge the gap. Right. And so agencies like X27 that are willing to help bridge the gap and 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 provide a service are so valuable and important to entrepreneurship. Um, yeah. And, and it does take a, it takes a lot of work. You know, it takes a lot of a lot of expertise and a lot of time to write 50 cold email campaigns, to find 10,000 leads, to verify those leads, to configure the inboxes, to manage the back and forth. Like 
that's that's time. You know, it takes hours and hours and hours um, you know, and consistent, like paying attention. So I understand why our clients hire us. And I understand also why our clients pay us what they do. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and I, the one thing I really identified with, at least as far as entrepreneurship, is that Dan has talked about becoming the emergency room for your clients and, mm-hmm. and then being able to communicate that. Um, and then the other piece was kind of the social proof side of things and grabbing all of the mentions that other people mention you and then using those and, and, you know, promoting those on, on Facebook. It's so hard for most people to, they spend all their time talking about themselves mm-hmm. <laughs> and marketing is really boils down to what are other people saying about you and then multiplying that out there in, in the space. And so let's talk about reputation and, and getting, getting brand recognition or getting, um, I think I've heard people use the word omnipresence. I'm not, you know, I think Coca-Cola and and those kind of companies have omnipresence, right? Like everybody knows worldwide what Coca-Cola is and where it's available. Um, Insurance companies, you know, use all the stupid, crazy, dumb ads and mixed in with their informative ads to create omnipresence, right? That when you think of insurance, you think of, oh, that stupid lizard or that, you know, that's, silly lady or that guy that crashes through windows all the time. But, and that can be challenging for entrepreneurs to get that same kind of presence, obviously. One of the easiest ways that I've found to get a ton of testimonials is to build a, a product that's very valuable and then sell it for super cheap. So for instance, you brought up the book, Cold Email Manifesto, right? That cost me about, uh, 11 months of my life and maybe $7,000. Like I hired a ghostwriter to put it together. Like I, we, we put real money in it and then I put it on Amazon for 99 cents. And because of that, we have sold over a thousand, maybe 1200 in the last week. Uh, people love it, but of the 1200, uh, dozens and dozens of people are saying good stuff about us now, right? Because you, you really want that magic trick. Um, when people buy something and then they see that it's incredibly valuable, even if they don't read past the first page or second page, they're going to be so shocked that they say something good about you. Uh, so that's that's the biggest trick that I found when it comes to social proof. Um, a lot of people want to sell high ticket. So, for instance, like our coaching program, uh, you know, like uh, one of our base packages right now is like fourteen thousand bucks for three months, which you might consider high ticket. But if that's all we sold, how are we going to get? Te- we might get three testimonials on that. You know, like you sell thirty of them, maybe ten percent of people are going to give a testimonial. But if you sell something that's a dollar or something that, um, you know, even something that's $99, like the inbox, or, you know, some of our other products are, are cheaper, then you have the volume to get the type of testimonials that you need. Um, and what I found is it does need to cost money. Because uh, I've been doing free YouTube videos forever. But it was only when we started selling stuff that we started getting testimonials. Oh, that's so powerful. And I think the, the investment that somebody makes, even if it's just a dollar, changes them from a freebie seeker to a customer <laughs> and, and yeah, it's, a it's shocking. Attitude. it is and when it comes to investment you might think okay you spend eight thousand seven thousand in product development to sell it for a dollar you might think that's a money losing proposition but like what did we make in the last week i've sold 1200 of these you know with the audiobook and everything i'm already almost uh what 20 percent of the way through the <laughs> through the budget of of this book 
So we'll break even in a couple of weeks and it's like unlimited money. It doesn't really matter. The goodwill that we've generated, the upsells from that, um, you know, maybe we'll make 100K off this book. <laughs> so I, I wouldn't be afraid to invest any amount of money in your own products, especially when you're going to um, give them away for the shock value. <laughs> well, and and for me, it's a book is so much more valuable than a freebie or than, a, mm -hmm. you know, and it, it can be a loss leader. But it can also be even the 99 cents, right, comes back. And, you know, in, in a lot of cases, you can use a book funnel as, you know, they like your stuff. They like your voice. They like what you're sharing. And then you upsell them into a course and, and, and you offer a few courses that take the book a little deeper, take the product a little deeper. And then, of course, you offer done for you solutions, right? <laughs> if you want, you want this all done for you, we offer that service. Yeah. And this is the other thing I didn't realize, like on the book thing, is there are people that only read books They're, like, for instance, like, OK, I'm a YouTuber, right? I'm making YouTube videos all the time. I'm not on Twitter. I don't know who's on Twitter. Right. So when I go on to Twitter, all of a sudden there are all these new influencers and all these new markets. So we're able to go on to Twitter and instantly add more to our business. Like um, I started really hardcore on Twitter uh, about a year ago, like maybe in uh, June. And in that time, I, I would I would estimate we added about one hundred fifty thousand in additional sales just from Twitter stuff, wow. right? So one hundred fifty thousand additional sales just from Twitter stuff. So that's one new channel, right? Books is a whole different channel, and I would even argue that books and audiobooks are a different channel, and possibly even uh, eBooks like Kindle, audiobooks, and paperback are three different channels. So if each one of those three is another one hundred fifty thousand, then really by spending seven thousand dollars and launching a book. Uh, I mean, we've made 450K, right? Or whatever that ends up being math. -wise. Yeah, 450K. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's pretty. So it's very, it's, yeah, it's, it starts, um, every dollar that you spend on the business ends up multiplying itself if you, if you do it correctly. Absolutely. So obviously you're a lead generation specialist and, and so helping businesses recognize the, the value of, of generating leads and, and having leads in, at the top of their funnel is, is pretty important to you. Um, for a small entrepreneur, I, I mean, I think I like cold email manifesto that really does, you know, first the, the disclaimer that it's not spam, right? You're not just sending out the same email to, to a thousand people saying, you know, Hey, buy my stuff, right? This is, this is targeted. It's, it's intentional. It's I, what I like about it is the fact that you're, you're, you're taking your very best product and you're saying, you know, who, who needs to use this, who needs to have this and then how do I find them? Right. And, and I like how you talk about, um, you know, well, why should we start with the CEO instead of the marketing director or, it, you know, who should we get? And, and really you're creating a marketing campaign for your marketing mm -hmm. <laughs> by emailing the CEO and then the 20 people below him and having them, you know, hey, did you see this? 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 And creating um, those testimonials within the, within the company. Um, that's a pretty powerful model for, for entrepreneurs to think similarly. Um, what, what what would you encourage entrepreneurs to be thinking to get those kind of mentions, to get the, the clients that they're looking for? Because I think you have so, to think differently. Well, so you boil it down, right? Um, the first thing is target market, then it's offer, and then it's case study. 
So who are you selling to at a very specific level? Um, you know, typically I go with the CEO, but it might be a different title. So it's like uh, job title, industry, and company size. Um, you want to be able to say like, I'm selling to CEOs in the United States that have over 200 employees and have a LinkedIn um, button on their website. You know, that's the target for Taplio of this latest cold email campaign, right? Then you go into the offer. Offer is what are you selling? For us at Taplio, it is the ability to create uh, a month of LinkedIn content in 10 minutes, okay? What's your, what's your uh, thing? What are they getting? They want LinkedIn content? Okay, they want it fast here. Um, then the final part is the case study. And for us, we had a 40-person SaaS startup sign up on Taplio and instantly got a thousand times more brand mentions because everybody on their team started promoting them and they went viral several times, right? Uh, so they spent only a couple hundred bucks and now they're getting thousand X impressions. So we've got that, uh, that whole process, right? We have our target market, got our offer, got our case study. And then from there, we can build a, a cold email campaign, um, which follows the three C's. So compliment case study, call to action, you know, uh, Hey Robert, big fan of you for a long time. Loved the episode you did with Dennis Yu. Uh, I run a software tool called Taplio, which helps you create a month of LinkedIn content in 10 minutes. Recently, we had a 40-person SaaS startup join and got 1,000 more brand impressions uh, for only a couple hundred dollars a month. Is that something you might be interested in? Let me know and I can send over a few times to call. Uh, sorry, let me know and I can send over a few times to chat. Thanks, Alex. That's literally like it, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's, all you, that's all you need. Compliment case study call to action. And there's other variations and stuff on there, um, but it really comes down to boiling your offer down to as few words as possible, as few high impact words as possible, and then presenting it directly to the client in their inbox. So let's, let's get rid of the, the misnomer, right? The idea that, that cold email is spam, that we're sending out, you know, a thousand of these and, and, and hoping that they stick. These are, these are very intentional and very personal and, and targeted. Exactly. Uh, and the more targeted they are, the better they do. So you could send, you know, 300 million emails to every LinkedIn person, you know, anyone that has a LinkedIn account, but it wouldn't do as well uh, because first of all, you might lose an inbox. Second of all, to send that many emails, you would either have to set up a custom server. And if you sent all of that many um, at once, yeah, you'd, you'd get completely marked as spam, IP blacklisted, bad stuff would happen. Um, so it's, it's hard to send that many emails. And then two, uh, the offer, the script might not work. So I think of cold email in a similar way that uh, Facebook ads gurus think of ad campaigns, right? You wouldn't make the perfect Facebook ad and then let's say you had a $10 million budget. You wouldn't make one ad and then spend $10 million on that one ad to hope it works. Because you know it wouldn't. You would set up a bunch of different ads. You'd test over a couple weeks, you know, a couple months. You'd scale up slowly. And that's exactly what we do with cold emails, right? Uh, instead of sending 10 million emails all at once, we send in batches of 200. We check the open rate. We check the response rate. And we tweak the script. And then we slowly increase the number of sends. Until eventually, yeah, we can get to 10 million cent. But by the time we get to that point, the script is going to be so solid that it's not going to be spam. And it's going to actually make, uh, it's going to make you more than you spend on it. <laughs> you know, 1,000x more, 10,000x more than you spend on it. Because that's the other thing about cold email is it's unbelievably cheap if done right. Right? You could send 10,000 cold emails for 
$300 or less, right? So imagine getting your, your face and your offer and your brand in front of 10,000 CEOs of companies over 200 employees in the United States for $300. If you tried to get that, um, if, you, if you tried to do that any other method, with any other method, it would cost way more, right? Uh, even if you went to a conference of CEOs, the ticket to get in might be 3,000, you know, to get in there. Uh, or to set up an exhibit, it'd be 30,000 or direct mail campaigns or anything else, Facebook ads, LinkedIn ads, you might book meetings for $300 a meeting versus $300 for the entire campaign. Like there's no, um, there's no better ROI than cold email. I, I just appreciated how, how intentional it is, right? It's, it's, <laughs> it's very intentional. It's figuring out your niche and, and it forcing an entrepreneur to be pretty tight on their offer and tight on who they want to reach. And then of course, being willing to, to send emails to, to those people. I think it's similar to podcasters being willing to, to make the ask of, you know, their top 100 guests and, and, and challenging them to say, why not email the CEO, right? Why not email that company that, that you want to work for? And, and of course, if you tighten up your offer before you email it to them, then then you've got a much better chance of, of getting the response that you want. Exactly. And the reason why it works for some companies so well and doesn't work for other companies very well is because you can't hide behind creative. There's nothing really to hide behind. It's just, hey, I love your stuff. Here's what I do. Here's what I've done in the past. Do you want this? So if they don't want this, they're not going to respond. If they're not impressed with what you've done in the past, they're not going to respond. If they don't like your compliment, they're not going to respond, right? There's only three variables uh, to play with. Um, but that also is cool uh, in terms of getting it to work because you can pretty easily identify which one of those three variables isn't working, right? If I look at your email and your compliments are trash, then we know to, to work on those, right? If, I, if we look at your email and nobody's responding otherwise, um, but they're not opening, then maybe it's the lead quality, maybe it's the subject line. If, um, if they're responding, but they're saying they're not interested, but we know they are interested. Like, let's say they're not interested in your Facebook ads, but we know that they spend 30,000 a month on Facebook. Then we know that it's your case study and it's just not uh, convincing enough. So it's so, so easy. You know? <laughs> it literally is so easy if you put in the work and, and you just, you know, march forward slowly through the, the hard failure of it. Cause there is, you know, it, it's more of a mental game than anything. Well, and I, I, I mean, I assume it's similar to the Facebook a dollar a day, right? We're going to do a dollar a day, not because we, we can only spend a dollar a day. We're doing a dollar a day to see which ads are really hitting, right? And we test nine of them and we get, get those nine and we, we get one winner out of those. And then we spend $30, then we spend $100. Um, but it's that willingness to, to have the patience <laughs> to to really see what's working and and what's not working and and be willing to tweak it and not not see it as well cold email doesn't work because that one didn't work no it's that line didn't work and you have to change that line and and a b test it and 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 see if you get a different result yeah and, so, and, and that's really it, what marketing is some, all about yeah, good. yeah and it just takes uh iteration and work so for taplio you know maybe they don't like the uh Maybe they don't like the LinkedIn content in 10 minutes. Maybe they really want, you know, the time savings of getting everybody on their team on, or maybe they want to hear more about the increased impressions, you know, Hey, uh, stop spending so much on LinkedIn ads and start using this for LinkedIn organic. Then you're only spending 40 bucks a month instead of 40,000 a month. You know, like maybe that works better. I don't know. You're going to have to, we test all of this stuff to figure it out. 
<laughs> I like it. We will be right back after this short break. This episode is sponsored by the newly released book, Dream Life Planner, Move from Tired and Overwhelmed to Free and Empowered by Noelle L. Peterson, available on Amazon, or you can order a personalized signed copy at empower, E-M-P-O-W-E-R, to dream.com. That's empower, number two, dream.com. If you enjoy the show, please like and subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends. Welcome back. Let's get back to more greatness. So obviously, I think authenticity is is pretty important for, for businesses, for entrepreneurs, uh, especially in marketing. And there's a temptation to to not be authentic, to to try to pretend to be to be somebody else. How do you work with your clients in and encouraging them to, to be their authentic self and put their authentic um, self out there. How do I encourage my clients to be their authentic? Maybe I encourage them through uh, extreme example because <laughs> I don't. We don't pretend to do um, to be anyone else. And I've actually found I st- I study the the smaller guys coming up. So like I read the tweets from people that have like four or five thousand followers and are rapidly gaining them, uh, and all of these guys are the edgiest dudes you, you would imagine. You know, they're making uh, weird jokes. They're sending strange memes. They're tweeting the type of stuff that we think, but nobody with a real job would say out loud. And so I just kind of do that too, you know, and it works because I don't have a boss, you know, like I can't get fired. So they have nothing to lose and I have nothing to lose. So that, that's the way that I kind of get authentic is I, I look at, um, I look at other people and then I get inspired by them. And so if someone makes an edgy joke and they don't get canceled, then I'm like, okay, maybe I can make an edgy joke too. And uh, sometimes I don't get canceled. <laughs> well, I do, I do like that you su- do suggest using a, a, a different inbox so that you, when you do get canceled, you have the opportunity to <laughs> create another one and not ruin your domain name. Well, for, yeah, for all cold email campaigns, um, yeah, we never send from the main domain name because you just want to protect that. You know, I spent... I don't know how much Capleo costs, like 1200 bucks. Lead Shark costs $5,000. Like I'm not going to lose Lead Shark because I'm spamming on the on the domain. I'm going to set up leadsharkhq.com, leadshark-app.com, you know, and so many, leadshark.co, and then we'll send from those. <laughs> well, and that's really protecting, you know, protecting your yourself. And 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 that's not because you're trying to spam people, it's because sometimes the the systems out there decide that you're spam, whether you really are. Yeah. Or maybe you do mess up. You know, I would never send, well, let's say you hire, maybe you don't mess up, but maybe the the kid you just hired to run your email campaigns does a typo in the subject line. And now everyone marks you as spam because it looks like spam. You know, you send to 200 people and you get a hundred spam reports. That's enough to kill your domain. So I wouldn't risk my main domain for anything. Nice. So, what, what have mentors meant uh, on, on your journey as an entrepreneur? Oh, mentor. Uh, mentors are great. The, um, one of my biggest mentors was Tom, uh, who was the CEO of the agency that I worked at. at last uh, job I had in New York City, I was a junior sales guy. And he basically uh, mentored me, taught me how to sell, put me in front of all these uh, big corporations, um, you know, Hearst, Tyson Chicken, like Saban brands, like these giant guys, and just kind of uh, forced me to sell. You know, threw me in the room, made me talk for 20 minutes, you know, at a time without interrupting. Um, so I, I really like that. Uh, and, and I learned a lot from those mentors. Main thing I learned from Tom is you got to let your guys level up, right? Nobody should join your organization and leave your organization in the same spot. 
if you can take your employee from, you know, being uh, comfortable at one level and then take them all the way uh, to a, a completely different stratosphere, then you win, right? When I joined Dom and Tom, I was comfortable talking to local businesses. By the time I left, I was negotiating with Fortune 500 clients, literally the biggest companies. You can't really go much bigger than the companies we were dealing with. And that was in about a year and a half. So that's that's my goal with all of our new guys too, which is how can we take them from you know, not knowing how to post on social media to becoming uh, social media celebrities? How can I take them from being comfortable, let's say they're in India, making 500 a month and making them uh, never take a job under 5,000 a month again? You know, How do I take these guys and just kind of shake their worldview so much that they have to level up? So you, you mentioned India and, and, and building agencies in India. How much, how much has expanding and being able to contribute to the world economy um, been a value for you? I love India. Um, been a value to me. So all of our team, the the lead uh, producer on the Alex Berman brands right now is uh, Div Sharma. He's out here in India. Um, the guy who runs our cold email campaigns now for all of my personal stuff, Taplio and Lead Shark. It's in India. I think we have 12 guys on uh, just the Alex Berman team out here. And then another 12 to 18 on Omni Outreach, which is our, you know, our development uh, app. Um, that's that's in development right now. Um, I love India. I, I would say, yeah, we probably have about 30 Indians right now on our team. <laughs> uh, how has it changed? I, I love the idea of here. Here's what happened with me. So I hired Div as an assistant and the original guy, um, I, I was paying him less than a thousand dollars a month, like maybe eight hundred dollars a month full time. And he came to me at one point. He's like, Alex, I, I need a raise, bro. I need to be making you know at least twelve hundred dollars. And I didn't even think about it. I'm like, all right, you're delivering value. Let's give you $1,200 uh, a month. And then it was only when uh, I kept talking to him over the months that I found out, first of all, $1,200 was enough for him to be a stable individual and get married. But two, $1,200 in India was enough for him to support his wife, uh, his new kid that was on the way, his mom and dad, and his two sisters and his grandma, all being supported for that $1,200 that he was earning. So- from that, I, I just realized, like, how easy is it for me to hire people and pay them $1,200? It's very easy. Uh, and the amount of value that he was, he was delivering was crazy. So now he's, now he's making more. Now he's on track, actually, to make about 100 k a year. So we're just grinding him up. But that, that, that was the main thing that brought me to India. It's like, if we could take these Indian freelancers and give them the subtle mindset shifts necessary uh, to take them to the next level, uh, then we can have a massive impact on Indians and also on the global economy. Because it's not like it was in 2010, you know, 2011. Uh, Indians aren't bad at design really anymore. Uh, they're not bad at uh, coding at all. You know, the top coders in the world are Indians. Even the top CEOs are Indians. You know, CEO of Google, CEO of Twitter. You know, th these are not Indian Americans. You know, they're literally from India that have been promoted to the highest level. So they're not stupid. Uh, they're smarter than Americans in a lot of ways. They just don't really have um, a lot of them don't have a solid grasp on their value to the organization. Mm -hmm. You know, they're they're comfortable taking two hundred and fifty dollars a month or five hundred dollars a month. And so a lot of what I what I teach them uh, in our course, you know, we have a whole course, International Clients Framework, that's just for Indian freelancers. And a lot of what we teach in that is just mindset stuff. You know, like I, I like telling them that we pay our cleaning ladies more than a thousand dollars a month 
You know, so you're coming in here and you're pitching me social media services for $250 a month. Does it make sense for me to pay you less than my cleaning lady? No, you should charge me 5000 a month for this or 10000 a month for this, whatever it is. And so it's just uh, basically I go over that kind of stuff because in India, it's a lot easier to live off of $1,000 than it is in America. So people just get comfortable and they don't and, and not just comfortability. They don't understand the scale. They don't understand what's possible. You know, you start asking for 5000 a month and you start getting it all of a sudden you know, you laugh at 500. Like imagine someone offered you $500 for something, right? Yeah, you're laughing, right. But if you said that to an Indian, they'd be like, yeah, I might take it. You know, I've talked to Indian agency owners that built their entire businesses off of $500 websites. And that's like, you know, they're supporting a team of 20, like they're, they're going off of $500 websites. And it's outside the realm of possibility for them to ask 5,000. But if you think about like, all right, you're a brand or you're any company, right? You're any company, uh, even X27, even any of our agencies, would you spend $500 on a website if you, uh, you know, would you spend $500 on a website if you were making $30,000 a month? No, I would spend, I would hire an expert, you know, $5,000, on a website. I wouldn't trust a $500 website. Uh, so that's, that's, that's basically what I, what I do all day. It's talk to them about that kind of stuff. <laughs> well, and but it's exciting, right? I mean, it's exciting mm -hmm. to, to reinvigorate the world economy and to <laughs> i mean you know a hundred thousand dollar a year for div is is the equivalent of being a millionaire in the u.s i mean oh yeah <laughs> essentially I mean, right? imagine when he becomes a millionaire yeah and so those are those are, <laughs> those are exciting things and, and i appreciate that you know you're not just hiring you're actually going there and training and and teaching mindset and elevating elevating their game right elevating how they think about money elevating how they think about impact and of course value it's it's not about price it's about value what is the value that you're delivering and and the price the price is comparable to the value and and as long as your price is less than your value you you could sell it all day long and yep. and and to, to raise the game, you need to raise the price. <laughs> One of the easiest ways, so especially dealing with like Indians, uh, Americans are pretty racist and they try to pay Indians less just because they're in India. I'm guilty of the same thing. Um, but one of the easiest ways to get paid more automatically is to just do results-based compensation. You know, hey, I'll, I'll do this. Um, you, you could pay me, yeah, pay me $250 a month, sure. Um, but I'll also take 2% of the revenue generated. Does that work? And then if you're good at your job, the $250 a month is just icing on the cake of the $20,000 check that you just got. <laughs> yeah. Or, or paying for project, right? Getting, getting, you know, each, each project or each, each element. I think some of Dennis's, you know, recommendations are agencies working for each of those, each element, right? Each lead costs this much, each, each piece that, that you bring to the, to the table, you know, is, can be, can be done in piecework. Or, or project work and so yeah, there's you, lots of lots of options you want to make sure that the incentives are aligned yeah so for instance for vishal we're working on getting his raises up um he started here at 450 dollars a month no less he started here at 250 dollars a month and then as soon as i came out to india i realized what we were doing um and so i gave him 450 you know basically immediately I found out later his dad and brother both make $250 a month. His dad's 55 years old, uh, going door to door as a salesperson, making $250 a month. Um, but so I gave him a raise there. And then, then he became the project manager. Then he's making 750 
And now we're going to double his salary again. Uh, he's running the cold email campaigns for Caplio and, and Lead Shark. So I'm like, all right, if we book 100 meetings, now you can be getting paid 1500 a month. Now you're more valuable. So he sees the value. We see the value. The incentives are aligned, bro. It, yeah, and you're laughing because it's like, bro, he's making me so much. You're right. 1500 to him is so much. And we'll get him on track to make six figures too. So if, if he can deliver enough value to the businesses. Well, it's I'm really fine, it I'm fine really giving is, away the revenue. It, if they're making the revenue, I'm fine it, giving it to them. The, the bigger, yeah, the, but the bigger point is you're not you're not trying to rip them off. You're not trying to take advantage yeah. of them. You're paying what's fair in their economy, doubling what's fair in their economy, tripling what's fair in their economy, and and yet also flying there and seeing the reality on the ground, which which not everybody's willing to do. I I, I have a personal connection to that idea of being on the ground and seeing the lifestyle and seeing what, what's happening. And, you know, you saw it and you, we got to double your salary. We, you need to be making more than this. And, and, you know, you didn't go, well, in America, we'd be paying you 4,500 a month. So here's 4,500 a month. Cause that blows their economy up and, <laughs> and, and messes well, things up at a level. That's not, this is, this is the issue that I can't really wrap my head around. Okay. Cause in America, he would be making 4,500 a month. What business is is doing that? You know, because if I paid all my guys forty five hundred a month, I don't think we'd have a thirty person team, right? We'd have like a eight person team or whatever. Like, I don't know. I'd rather have more people and pay them a little less, and then get them all on track to make more. Well, if recognizing we have people that, that start it, yeah, good. that it's more than fair. It's it's more than it, you know the economy that they're living in is certainly different, right? The rent that they're paying, the food that they're paying for, the things that are happening around them are at a completely different level than in the United States. And so that the fairness is in comparing them to the, the people that they're living, like his dad, right? His dad at yeah. 55 years old is making $250 going door to door. And now you're going to be Crazy. paying him $1,500. Like, okay, he's, he's doing pretty well. Right. And I think that was, that was Dennis's commitment too in, in the Philippines and, and in, in uh, Pakistan and places that he's working is, is, we're elevating, doubling, and tripling what mm -hmm. what these people would be making if they're working in the local economy. We're bringing them into the world economy, and and yeah, someday, someday it might be possible for everybody to be equal all around the world. But the reality is that that this is this is win win. <laughs> the companies it winning, is. the players are winning. <laughs> everybody can win, and and still you know not have to be equal. Right. That idea just doesn't it doesn't fit the world economy. Well, I think the um, it does. It does fit the world economy. But the harsh truth of it is Americans are overpaid. Absolutely. And I don't see and I, well, I don't see a world where they get paid less. So you once you pass legislation, that's like twenty five dollar minimum wage. How do you reconcile the fact that your work is worth five dollars an hour? There's no walking it back. You know, the only thing that will happen is the jobs disappear. Maybe that's what what causes it to, to be walked back. But, you know, the, the two spots, the two industries I'm in right now is Indian labor and artificial intelligence. Right. Those are the two spots I'm in. Both uh, America is under attack by both of those things. Uh, so I'm I'm worried. I don't know where it ends up uh, for the average American laborer, but it really what? is bringing people into the world economy. And in the world economy, fifteen hundred dollars of labor is a crazy good rate to pay, you know? So I don't know uh, what Europeans that are taking 10 months a year off are going to do. I don't know what Americans that want $25 an hour for menial tasks are going to do, but that's what the labor's worth, you know? Well, it just deflates the dollar. 
Yeah. Yeah. It just changes the value of the dollar. I mean, you know, we know that the dollar just can't keep up, which is what we're dealing with right now. And eight, eight and 10, eight to 10 percent inflation rate that the, the dollar is is less and less valuable. The more we raise minimum wage, the more we raise <laughs> all, the, all of these these things, the more we devalue the dollar. Um, but I didn't want to get into no. economics necessarily, but I. I want to encourage people to consider hiring VAs overseas. I want to encourage people to to yeah. to, uh, to do business with agencies that are that are building overseas in in India and Pakistan and in the Philippines because they're providing excellent value. And, and yeah, and, and don't feel to... like don't feel like you're underpaying them. Um, and also, uh, don't feel like you can't have control. One of my one of our big issues. Uh, that I that I had when working with Indian developers and Indian designers in the past is I thought that there was a, a cultural divide because Indians, you talk to them, you think they speak English, but really their main language is Hindi. They talk Hindi to each other all the time. They rarely speak English with each other. Um, so what's really worked for me is if you interface with a lot of developers or a lot of designers from a certain country is have somebody that you trust on your team to do a lot of that stuff uh, for you. So a lot of the salary ladder, you know, like not giving Vishal 5,000 a month, all that stuff comes from our internal team, right? Because I, I learned this from them. Uh, Div, who's running the team now, you know, he's the top dog. I'm trying to get Vishal up to his salary to like kind of to troll Div a little bit. <laughs> but he's the top dog. So he understands, you know, how to pace these these uh, raises out. So now I pass it by him. I'm like, all right, bro, Vishal's kicking ass. You know, should we give him $450 extra a month? And then Div's like, no, dude, he's got to earn it. It's not, it can't be charity, you know. Like he's got to do something that makes it happen. So now, um, you know, having somebody that speaks the native language that you can trust in the actual country helps a lot, and it, it works for everything. You know, like um, the developers are going slow. Div and now Vishal can yell at them in Hindi and figure out what's actually going on. Uh, if the designers' designs are terrible, uh, they can restate the brief in Hindi, and it, it just makes a lot more sense. Um, so, so that's my recommendation. If you're working with people overseas, like if you're Dennis, you're trying to work with Pakistani people, get a Pakistani guy that you can trust that speaks Urdu. You know, if you're working in India, get somebody that speaks Hindi. You're uh, working in uh, Philippines, get somebody that speaks Tagalog. Like get some people that, that speak those native languages and then it makes everything easier from there. <laughs> so good. All right, Alex, what, what inspires you? What inspires me right now is uh, building Taplio into a multi-billion dollar business. I'm trying to kill the social media uh, business. You know, I, I said I hate agencies. I do, you know, and I hate them so bad, I'm going to destroy them. They're not going to exist anymore when we're done. <laughs> All right. What, you, you mentioned, obviously, writing writing the book. What, what's been the impact? And I know it's still early. What's been the impact of being an author? Impact of being an author? Um, I've loved, first of all, all the testimonials are good. Um, I like the... Uh, I. From a uh, just from a psychological point of view, there was a lot of stories and stuff that I told in the book, like you know the business falling apart, the Tokyo stuff, like all of that. I I was thinking about a lot for years, and as soon as I put it in the book, I stopped thinking about it. So I think also from like a therapy point of view, if there's anything that you're like, you know, thinking about all the time, if you put it in the book and release it out to the public, then all of a sudden you stop thinking about it. And imagine like how much brain power that frees up. Right. I, I think my IQ went up probably 15 points after releasing this book, just from that. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty awesome. What, how have routines helped 
in your journey of routine self they they help a lot because i i think without routines you'll um you'll lose focus you'll you'll lose things so my my routine basically is the week be- the the week before i'll plan my tasks for the week ahead i have my three or four big tasks that i want and then the night before uh, I plan the the day, like what's the one big task that I'm doing that day. And then I'll wake up, you know, normally 6, 7 a.m. whenever I don't have an alarm clock or anything. I just wake up, get ready um, and then do that big task. Uh, typically, I'm only putting in like an hour, sometimes less of work a day. Um, and that's that's enough to sustain everything, you know, besides like Slack pings and social media and like all the other stuff that I do. But like one big task a day in an hour. That's it. And then you can kind of just do whatever you want the rest of the day. Nice. That's, that's pretty powerful. All right. What do you love to do in your free time? What do I love to do in my free time? Travel, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I'm addicted to work, bro. I got no free time. This is my, it's 10, 20 PM in India right now where I'm, I'm in Delhi talking to you on a podcast. I had a LinkedIn live before this and I spent all day writing cold email campaigns. (laughs) There is no free time. So you just talked about working an hour a day and now it's, (laughs) I worked. Well, cause this isn't work. I'm on a podcast. The work today was writing four cold emails for the the launch that's coming up. That's the work. Um, I think, I think that's also part of it too. It's like, this is my hobby. This is my free time. I love Twitter. I love YouTube. I love podcasts. I love LinkedIn. Um, So that's, I don't consider any of that work. Nice. I can very, I consider very few things I do work. Um, maybe, maybe writing. That's why I try not to write so much. I try to just dictate. Uh, that's why a ghostwriter helps a lot. Cause it's not like I didn't write any word of the book, right? I wrote the entire book, but I wrote it by speaking it to somebody else, which right. that's, that's what I'm used to, you know, doing YouTube and all this stuff. Um, so I think it's, it's all about leaning into your strength and that I didn't consider that work either. That was fun. I got to talk to this guy, you know, two hours a week for five months or whatever. It took forever. <laughs> That's so one of the things I encourage entrepreneurs is, is being able to design their life and then build their business to businesses to support it. Can, can you speak a little into designing your life? Obviously you love, you love so many of, of the elements of the work that it, that it's not work and, and you've built your business to the point where, where you can just work on that one big rock each day. Yeah, because I've tried, so I've done other stuff. So I was retired for a long time, like a year-ish. I even, or actually three years. I went to LA, tried to become a stand-up comedian. I did over a hundred open mics. You know, um, I uh, I was on the comedy store stage with Joe Rogan and like all these guys. Like I pitched uh, movies. We did a, a TV pilot with Pauly Shore. Like I did all this stuff. You know, I was retired. I was having fun. Um, but at the end of the day, sass is more fun dude i don't know agencies are more fun than everything i was doing i just realized like i was just sitting there like we made this indie movie and i was watching it back and it was terrible and i was like bro what, i should have just done like a documentary it would have been sick you know and everyone would have loved it <laughs> why, why am i doing this that's that's awesome <laughs> so where where's your favorite meal or, or favorite country to eat in I love Japanese food. You know, I love a good bento, uh, sushi, chicken katsu, um, that little salad with the orange uh, dressing on top, <laughs> miso soup. Nice. All right. What's uh? You kind of mentioned the big dream when I when I mentioned 
what do you love to do? So what is, what is your big dream now? Right now? Yeah. It's to scale tap Leo as big as possible. And then I'm also, you know, on the side helping the, the Indian freelancers and everything, but I think that'll take care of itself. Um, priority number one is we have 500 customers, right? For tap Leo, we got 500 customers in 30 days. There's something here. If we don't get, you know, how many people are on, there's 300 million people on LinkedIn and we have 500 customers. That's all I'm thinking about all day. I'm like there's 300 million people on LinkedIn. We should have 300 million customers. What, th there's no reason not to. So that's, yeah, that's, that's all I'm thinking about obsessively every day is how do we get that? And we're working towards it. Nice. Well, and, and that obsession can, I mean, obviously, you know, where your focus goes, your energy flows. Right. And, mm -hmm. and so now all that, all that mind work you freed up by putting the stories in the book can be focused on how do I get these, how do I get the rest of, of LinkedIn bought into to yeah. this tool that works. And it's all the other mind work too. You know, a lot of people are, um, they're distracted by other stuff, you know, like uh, needing, needing salary, needing money every month. So by lowering my expenses, you know, I think I'm living off of 3000 a month or whatever in India, I've probably been living off of less. So I'm, you know, completely financially free. I'm not worrying about money. Right. If the average person, let's say, is spending 25 percent of their brain power thinking about money. Now I'm 25 percent more focused on, on this. Um, a lot of people are worried about their, um, you know, their health. I'm blessed to not have health issues right now. So I'm not thinking about like any pain I'm in. Like, yeah, I'm just trying to take advantage of like of the state that I'm in right right, right now <laughs> and, and just trying to like, you know, riff on that as hard as possible. I like it. All right. Last one I think is is kind of obvious, but we'll we'll hit it anyway. So let's talk about the value of, of connection. Obviously, I met you through Dennis and, and your connection working alongside side Dennis, but making connections and and building networks for the sake of, of growing your business. So building networks for the sake of growing your business, it works really well. One of the main reasons we were able to get, you know, the customers we did on Taplio in the short amount of time. Uh, was all of our all of our friends, you know, our friends um, talked about it on Twitter. Black Hat Wizard uh, was a, a good guy that talked about it. Dennis also was uh, talking about it all the time. Um, we even set him up a URL. Was it uh, tapliodennis.com that redirected to his affiliate link? Um, and so, yeah, the power of networking is crazy. Uh, a lot of a lot of gurus say the power is in the list, right? The power is in the list. But what they don't mention is the power is not actually in your list. The power is in their list. Mm. So if you can get the guru that's telling you the power is in the list to send to their list, uh, that's where the real money is. <laughs> and so, and then if you could do that 20 times, 30 times, 300 times, uh, you can see real exponential growth with your business. Oh, that's really powerful. <laughs> Appreciate you sharing. All right. So you spent an hour with an entrepreneur and you want to leave them with Alex's words of wisdom. What would you share? Uh, what would I share? Okay. If you're trying to grow your business, uh, the only thing that really matters is the offer and the distribution of that offer. So make your offer so good they can't say no to it and then tell as many people as possible about that offer. Alex, I sure appreciate you taking the time, especially <laughs> that late at night there in India. And uh, obviously, I'm just so blessed by technology to have this conversation while you're halfway, literally halfway around the world from us. Um, I'm not sure where the other half hour went because 
we're 11 and a half hours different, but <laughs> it's, uh, I, I don't know either. Yeah. Yeah. What, how on earth do we have a half hour time zone? I don't know. The, <laughs> the world. I didn't even know up. it existed. Yeah. I, I didn't even know that existed. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty, it, it, time zones are definitely interesting, but that, that was, that was a new one for me. Like, how are we 11 and a half hours apart? So I appreciate you taking the time today. Thank you so much for, for being on the show and, and sharing so much great wisdom. Uh, links to the book and, and to Taplio and Lead Shark will be in the description. And so check those out if, uh, if you want to learn more and uh, be a customer if you're on LinkedIn, obviously. So thanks, Alex. Thanks for having me, Robert. If you enjoyed the show, please like, subscribe, or leave a review. We have a free gift for you at addvaluemindset.com. That's addvaluemindset.com. We've collected some of the best mindset secrets shared by successful entrepreneurs on our podcast, and we want to give them to you for free. addvaluemindset.com. In our next episode, Jen Duplessis and Robert talk about being prepared for a recession. Every entrepreneur will experience one, even if the world isn't. Your mess becomes your message and will create opportunities to share your story, to empower others, and to increase your impact in the world. Jen is a great example of the power of designing your life and building your business to support it.